right, there we go. Hello there. Hey. Um, still don't know what to call this thing. It's the podcast, and thank you for finding us. <laughs> it's the podcast. It's the podcast. Um, I try to convey to some people, like, this is not to compete with, uh, I don't know, the biggest podcast in the world. This is for people here locally. Yeah. Want this stuff. Like, this is by no means you're trying to displace Joe Rogan or whatever the hell these things are. All the, all the cleverly named podcasts? No, we're not. We're not at all. Uh, or for people who still really like us and they don't live locally anymore. Hey to you. Hey to you all. That too. That too. Um, so anyway, welcome. It's about five o'clock here on Tuesday, September twenty second. Um, I might have to dip out. Let me see if I get any messages or anything like that. And I've got to keep my eye on traffic, but we've got stuff to get to. Um, oh, hi, Peter. <laughs> I was just gonna give you the warning. It's um, Thomas. It's time to come home. So all of my dogs are slap happy, and they think every sound they hear outside is him. So there could be some decent barking going on. I miss that. Li- I miss that life that I had with uh, with people that I would live with, or when I was at home, and when it was about that time for somebody to arrive home, yep. and, and the dogs would act just like that. Yeah. Um, so Pete, Pete's up at the door, and Sunny's in her little hiding spot that's next to my end table. So she's so chubby she can't get out of her spot easily. So you'll hear the end table bang up against the wall at some point. Oh my God. It's done it a couple times on the podcast before. Um, but you'll probably really hear it if Thomas gets home within the hour. <laughs> Daddy's home. I know they don't do that for me. I come home and they're like, "Oh, this bitch!" <laughs> like they don't even they don't even come to the door. Like I will come home. I don't hear barking. They're still chewing on their bones in the living room. They could care less. When I pull in the garage, um, th- uh, unless it's an unusual time, like you know, the dogs know your schedule. They, they know your schedule, right? Unless it's an unusual time where I'll hear them pound. They'll be upstairs in the in my bedroom, and then it's like like a herd of cattle or rhinoceros is <laughs> racing downstairs. But from the second I open up the garage, Andre is barking like he's never been fed or outside before. Do you think I am convinced? First of all, Pete's like a little hound. I mean, we don't even hit the door because we live in an apartment, so we have to walk in the corridor. As soon as the corridor opens, he's barking. You can hear him barking before you even get to my door. But like right now, the corridor opens all the time. He doesn't bark. It's like he knows the amount of like force that I use to open the door. And he's like, oop, that squeak sounded like mom. (laughs) And he'll bark a little bit. Or if it's Thomas, he always knows. I don't get it. Check it's like this he out. knows the sound of our footsteps. Oh, they're, they're very intelligent. I mean, they can't talk. I mean, they can convey things, but, but mm-hmm. their other senses are, are, are so powerful. Hey, guess what? Because I, I knew that this would happen. I'm going to have to record a weather here. So um, okay. sit tight. Just don't say anything, all right? Mm-hmm. And I'll try to uh, voice this quickly. Hold on. I'm done. Oh, you're done? Yeah. But you want to tell the funny story on the podcast? Yeah. I mean, it's. <laughs> I was with a group of friends one day and we were ordering a pizza um, and my friend Brad asked everybody to be quiet so he could order because he likes things silent so he doesn't make a mistake. And his um, husband, who was right next to him, Brad goes, everybody be quiet. I need to make an order. And <laughs> Brad gets on the phone with the pizza place and all of a sudden his husband goes, wieners, wieners. <laughs> <laughs> And it was 
one. It honestly went down. It's so childish. It's so kindergarten, but it went down as one of the funniest moments. <laughs> hey, Saul, you make sure you get the sausage because you gave me the pepperoni. It's just, I mean, if, if anything, a day in the life of my humor, even Thomas and I, if I have the window open and we're sitting, you know, on the we're sitting outside or if we're sitting out by the window and people are outside, Thomas will scream, no, you can't play with my butthole. Leave me alone. Oh <laughs> <It's God>. just... <laughs> it's good times. Good times, man. You got to have a sense of humor. I don't, the, the, the craziest thing that ever happened to me, and I'll, I'll keep this brief and you might've even heard this story before. There were whatever, uh, Asian, whatever Chinese restaurant I order from, I, it might be China Chef. I have it saved in my phone. They're my go-to, or maybe mm. it was another place. So I called them, and he's like, "You uh, hold, you hold on. We we very busy. You hold on." <laughs> and I, I'm not trying to like what stare at. That's how he sounded. Yeah, sure. So as I was on hold, I, I was I the phone was put down, and he someone was giving them their credit card number or debit card and he was repeating it back so I easily could have written it all down and I'm like dear thank heavens. god you're not a criminal right like of a that kind a lesser <laughs> yes, a lesser person would have been like and uh, and what's the can I have the uh, the security code please I missed the security code <laughs> that's really funny what's that expiration date again uh -huh, yeah, mastercard uh, or visa I, I I mean look it, you know it takes a lot to surprise me I say that all the time but I was like Oh, this is one I've not been through before. <laughs> um, hey, Good stuff. So, I, remember the girl at the gym? Yeah. Wait. The one. Which one? I don't know. There's only one. The most. The one where the one that has a dog. No, I don't know that one. Oh, wasn't there no. one that was walking with the dog? She saw me walking my dogs. Oh, whoop, yep. Okay, I I knew I was somewhere in the in the area. And, yeah, and that was like my cue to go, "Hey there, neighbor." Yeah, and, uh, you know. So I got up the chutzpah, and it was almost. It, <laughs> it, it's one of my. What are you want to call it? Not a thought experiment, but like like a a human interaction experiment. Sure. So she's younger. She's probably twenty two. God, I hope she's twenty two. Oh, um, Eric. So, and that's why, again, I have like no expectations or whatever. I just wanted it. It's one of these things where I, I wanted to test myself. Sure. Because I have very few interactions with, with any and all people. So, um, I, I was like, hey, I get caught. So I saw her this morning. I was like, and we always kind of like acknowledge one another, say hello, blah, blah, blah. She saw me walking the dogs a couple of weeks ago, waved or honked or something. And I said, uh, I said to her, I was like, hey, I get coffee every morning before I come over here. Would you like to, you know, join me one day? And she was mm, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But my, my, my schedule's hard. I was like, and she said she goes to school. She goes, so she drives all the way up to Ann Arbor. Like, that's a haul. I was like, oh, I totally get it. And, um, I just basically left it at it. I was like, well, you, you couldn't know how to track me down. She's like, yeah, I, I always see you here. And there was no exchanging or anything. She has no idea who I am or how easy I would be to be able to find on the internet. Cause I was like, huh. I'm very easy to find. So if you want to look me up or anything, see if I'm what I'm about, go, go ahead. And that was not about bragging. Like, don't you know who I am? It was like, if you have any semblance of what you think I might do, it's all out there on the internet for you to look up. But the crazy thing was, and again, no expectations, uh -huh. As we wrapped up, she said, thank you. What? Yeah. And she did that when I had first uh, interacted with her. She said, thank you. She is, 
she is foreign. Um, she, oh, is she? She she speaks the language just fine, and, and there's just a hint of an accent, but she's I, I can tell more that she's foreign that she ends a conversation or a brief in, in exchange with someone by saying thank you, and it's very sweet and meaningful. I was like, or she's just incredibly awkward, which is cool because that's more relatable. <laughs> You know, where she's, you know how when you, when you're seeing someone or when you're leaving and they say, enjoy your meal. And I'm like, thanks you too. Oh but yeah. They're yeah, yeah. serving me the meal. Not, yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm always disappointed in myself when I do that. Where you say the, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I do the, I yeah. do the same things where you say the reverse of where you should be in the conversation. Or because I'm, I'm at this place all the time. Well, I was, and I did all the time when I'm going to the movies and they say, enjoy your show. Thanks you too. Yes. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> so I'll just leave it up to she's foreign and different customs and you know Ooh, what kind of that, foreign. <laughs> I don't. But is uh, she? Could, do we think there's a Russian? Is it like hello? I would guess she's like Eastern European or uh-huh. something there. I could be totally wrong. That's but, your type. I would assume. <laughs> Because if you, you've checked my my browser history, <laughs> no, I'm making it a general assumption. And again, I I went with it because I, I I wanted to I I built up the chutzpah, not thinking that like mm. I anything would happen. She's obviously so much younger than me, and blah blah blah. But it's more of like just like it's a test. Can you yeah. do? Can you overcome this challenge? Can you overcome I remember, this fear? I remember when we talked about this, and I, I think you did it rather quickly. Like you didn't even need any working up to it. That you know, you just did it, and I'm like, hey, hell. There you go. Well, that that's how you got to do it. I yeah, mean, I mean, you, just jump. <laughs> you got to. Yeah, you, you have to. You have to shut your brain off. And, and I I don't know if there's anything scarier for anybody than talking to someone that you find yourself attracted to. Uh, I would agree on that. I was always really bad and really awkward. I would like clam up and get really red, especially if you were somebody that I liked and I would see you often and I didn't have the like the balls to say anything. Then I would get really red and nervous and I would get like clammy. And I'm just not that kind of person in general. I'm just not that kind of person. But when it comes to people that I like, especially people that I feel like are out of my league, like not to put myself down, but it's just a fucking fact. Yeah. <laughs> There's just somebody that I feel like maybe out of my league. I'm just literally freaking myself out. And then I get to know them and I'm like, oh, no, you're fine. You're normal. Right. <laughs> you're regular. I, I'm pretty certain that th- this might be too much of a stretch but I, I bet that there are some people and maybe it, some is even lowballing it I bet you that there are people who are so frightened of that kind of social interaction and, and talking to someone that they're attracted to that they have just been in a relationship that it was fine but it really wasn't who they wanted but they were comfortable in it so yeah. they just stayed in it and they got married and you know they just became partners and or they got someone pregnant as another <laughs> excuse so that they could do anything but go talk to people who they're attracted to because it is frightening I think so, but I think that speaks to, I mean, for me personally, it spoke to like how I felt. I mean, and if I'm being extremely frank, I I was that way when I moved. I wasn't that way when I was living in Cleveland. I was that way when I moved to Toledo because I was usually the only black one around and it was usually like white guys that I was like, okay, well, he's decent, but I didn't think he thought I was decent, so I wouldn't say anything. You know what I mean? And it was because there was that difference. So it really, I mean, it's, 
Are you somebody that has low self-esteem, that has things about you that you don't necessarily love? Not to say that I had low self-esteem or I didn't love my blackness. I just recognized that it wasn't, the, you know, that I look different. And it, it really speaks to how you approach people. And I agree. I think there's there probably is a couple of relationships where it was just easier to be together or, yeah. you know, and and that's sad. That's no way to. You know, that's no way to live, especially when you're planning for the rest of your damn life. Like, <laughs> you and, know, and not that it's a, a bad relationship, but it's just not what you maybe saw yourself sure. with. But you're just so frightened to be back out there. I mean, I, I know that there are people who stay in relationships because and they're not great because they are afraid to be back out on the dating right. scene. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's uh, that's human interaction. I, I remember when I was reading one of my. One of my great books uh, about psychology was, oh God, the David Burns book, the Feeling Good Handbook. Mm-hmm. It, it gives you all these CBT uh, techniques um, to talk yourself into getting things done or overcoming fears or anxiety. And I remember the one example that I would, I have used regularly, I should probably update it is, you know, I often see people that I, I find attractive at the gym mm-hmm. and um, you got to talk yourself through the reality of it. If you go up to this person and say, hey, you know, what's your name? Or, hey, you know, whatever it might be, people think that, like, someone's going to run up to the front desk and go, this person just tried to rape me. Or, like, (laughs) their boyfriend will come over and take a barbell to your head. Like, the chances of those happening are, like, infinitesimally small. And if any of that did happen, like, the girl's like, he's trying to rape or whatever, he'd be like, uh no crazy lady i just wanted to know your name or if that the boyfriend assaulted you that's a lawsuit that's true but i mean those are real fears they are and the reality might just be you know hey i'm not interested in you and you know or you know hey i have a boyfriend and and it's something far more boring like that and you've got to deal with it except if you're somebody who fears rejection like you know who just it gets crippled at the idea of rejection. And so even if it's like, Hey, you're great, but I have a boyfriend or sorry, it's not that time for me. Like I, you know, it's complicated. That's still some form of rejection that people, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I had been approached and I had to say no or no thanks. Literally one guy was like, then why are you even here? And why are you dressed like that? Oh, that's being a dickhead. (laughs) You know what I mean? So it's like, (laughs) that's dude on the internet. Yeah. Like I have, I have a problem with that. And the only defense is people don't like being rejected. It brings out some lousy emotions. And hopefully that person regretted what they did. But I I get it. Like when you're emotional or you're upset, um, you say things out of character. And I I hope anybody that does that regrets it. In fact, just shut your mouth and say, hey, thanks. I, I appreciate it. And then, and then it's like you have the balls to approach me in front of your friends, and I feel like you should have the balls to just take whatever my response is. But it was just, I remember that very clearly. It was in downtown Toledo. Um, and the guy was like, hey, you know, can I get your number? And I'm like, sorry, I'm in a relationship. Then what are you doing here? Why are you oh at God. a bar? And why are you dressed like that? And I'm like, get the fuck out of here, sir. Yeah. Sorry, my, it, I'm throwing out the F-bomb a lot today. It's like, if I, if I were, if I was single, I would no longer be interested with that attitude. Um, <laughs> he wasn't that cute anyway. I should have said that. <laughs> that, that's the real rejection. Like people are afraid of, hold on, I'll come right back to this. I got to do another traffic report. Everybody's driving like an idiot today. Oh, Jesus. Oh. All right. Sorry. Um, anyway, so you're, you're right. Every, you said, you know, people who fear rejection, which is basically every human alive. Sure. Um, no, hold on. I have to do one more thing. Make sure this works right. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Sorry, sorry. 
Um, everybody is is afraid of rejection, and then you you step back and think about it, and you go, and there's there's valid reasons. That mm. person is with someone. Um, I, I always like to remind people that just because you find them attractive and maybe people might not like similar things. Like uh, yeah, we, we, yeah. Like to, we like to pick at our things. Like I have a large nose. I've always <laughs> believed that that is not a very attractive feature. And I would, I, I would think if, if we're looking at the scope of the large scope of things, it's not, but the girl that I might be intimidated to talk to might find large noses very attractive. That it's the unpredictable world of approaching someone that you're you're attracted to, but you're you're terrified to get in that situation. And the reality is, if you're rejected, it, like ninety five percent of the time, it's going to be because you know they're not interested for one reason or another. But they're very unlikely to go. Ah, you're kind of ugly. Yeah. <laughs> get the hell away from me already. Right. Yeah, that it, it it typically doesn't happen like, unless there's alcohol involved. And then you can just go drink off the rejection. Exactly. Um, you, you had said something, and sorry for being scattered, uh, people being rejected or, or sensitive or whatever it may be. Let's dive into that for a moment because um, there's this Ellen thing, and she did her apology yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I, I had asked you, I, I wonder how anxious you thought she was um, waiting to get out because this was the beginning of her season the first episode of her new season yesterday and I, I if it were me I'd, I'd, I'd want to set the record straight as quickly as I possibly can and then I read some another perspective today because I, I would be anxious I want to you know get the job done it's like you know yeah. when you got to go to the dentist or when when you want to go talk to somebody you're afraid of just get it over with yeah, not so, if it's not if it's like potentially a legal matter though, because her in her apology or if she's trying to come out and apologize, it could be admission of guilt. Yep. You know, some people said that she um, held off on anything before this so that it could be a ratings thing for the first episode of the new season. I doubt that. I I mean, I doubt that. I really do think it, if it is some sort of internal investigation, you're not to talk about it to anyone. They teach you that. That's basic practice in any kind of human resources related handbook of like if there's an investigation, yeah. you don't have a you Good know, point. you don't you just don't have any kind of conversation about that. So I think that that can be debunked. I will I was slightly disappointed and that I could feel or see that her emotions were starting to come up. And instead of expressing them, she chose to deflect with humor um, or she chose to just go in a different direction. I think that this needed to be an incredibly human moment for her. And I feel like she performed perfectly, which just makes it seem like more of the same. Like it was it was almost fake. I think it was it wasn't fake in that it was funny. Parts of it were funny. And I think that that was like clever and cute. But I wanted more, you know, I would have preferred something a little bit more honest and more true to, you know, this was a really fucked up situation. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, give me a couple seconds. I want to hear something real fast. Hold on. Okay. All right. Um, I'm glad you, you brought that specific perspective up. I came in today to work and I, I there's a, a story and I didn't read it. I can get the, the gist of it. Ellen jokes to staff, don't look me in the eye. <laughs> she did yeah yeah i didn't read the story but but, but i get it so and, and and that plays into where i'm going to to um to discuss your perspective of this mm. so 
there are some people pissed off that she was using humor during this. Mm -hmm. The people that were already pissed off, current and or former employees, were pissed off that she was making jokes like, how was your summer? Mm -hmm. Um, And here's how I can defend that a little bit. And I don't know if this is for sure or not. And I understand your perspective. And I, of course, respect uh, it. You or I would have maybe cut the jokes aside mm-hmm. and been 1,000% serious, but maybe Ellen can't do that. She is a comedian. She is a performer, and I'm going to guess that it's it's not often she has to do something like this, mm-hmm. and maybe I'm off base, but maybe her way of doing the best apology possible publicly on TV was incorporating a little bit a little bit of humor. You know that when I, I do my talks, uh, which are serious and often you know often touch on suicide, I will work mm-hmm. some jokes in, and that's how I kind of loosen the room up and bring people in. And maybe yeah. maybe that's just how she goes about her apologies. And I can understand how that would rub people the wrong way. Somebody in the story pointed out um, there should have been like some kind of backstage. Um, come to Jesus or a one-on-one where she really had a heart-to-heart moment with all these people. I don't know if that did or didn't happen, but at the end of the day, the culture has to change. It doesn't matter what she says because she said everything that we expected her to say. She did, and I appreciated that she acknowledged, when you and I were talking about this off the podcast, I'm like, this is her show. Like, at the end of the day, this is a representation of you, whether you may have somebody in charge. She said she had 237 employees. There may be employee number two that's in charge of all, all the rest of the you know, folks on your team. But at the end of the day, they're a representation of you. So I yep. appreciated that she did say that. I just I imagine that she was nervous. I imagine that she was worried. I imagine that she was anxious. And she did in her speech, she did say, you know, I'm the um, be nice to each other girl, like I'm the be kind girl. And she goes, but I'm also this and I'm also this and I'm also this. And I think it should have been. And I am all these things right now in front of you. This is what it's not be kind today. Um, You know what I mean? I think she missed the mark. I I do think she missed the mark on that. I, I get how some of her employees probably are like my trauma isn't funny like don't laugh at what I've been went through at your expense but I think um, you have to acknowledge you know what she's doing I just would have wished for her response to seem a little bit more authentic Um, and I think it I I do I definitely think it was very Ellen which was perfect Um, and I want to see you know, I would have wanted to see more of those tree motions because I think it would have been a little bit more believable. Not to say she doesn't absolutely feel badly or feel like she wants the stuff to change, you know, now that she's aware of what she needs to do. But the uh, the big people under her that that, that I guess were, were in charge of and, and did some of these things, they're mm-hmm. gone. So that's yep. great. And I'm, I'm glad. From the get from the get go, she said, "Look, it's my name everywhere, so the buck does right. stop with me." Even if she had delegated and delegated, and the the show grew from twenty people to one hundred and twenty people, yeah, she mm-hmm. ultimately is responsible for all of it because of her name. Yeah. Um, and if we're doing pass fail on the apology, I pass. If we're doing grading, it's a B. Sure. And, and it becomes, and, and I get it. Not everybody. And I don't know who these employees are. Maybe these employees had an axe to grind. Not to mm-hmm. say that what happened didn't happen or that they're not telling the truth, but maybe you have an axe to grind. Maybe there's different perspectives. Maybe somebody took something as a joke and you didn't. I mean, there's so much that goes into it. And now the only thing is that you need the majority of people who work for her in six months and go, Ellen, turn this shit around. That's it. 
Yeah, and and there's also, I mean, at the at what I also felt in one of my top points was you're not going to please everybody. That's no. one thing. Nope. I mean, I managed like over 20 people, and I had to learn within my first year. I, I literally had to like th- toss my hands up and say, fuck it. You know what I mean? I, at some point, somebody is going to be upset with me about something I'm doing literally at all times there. And I just have to get used to that and continue to do what I do. And I think in Ellen's case, so long as she's staying true to the message that she is trying to give people and that she's trying to share, then, you know, there's nothing you can do about it. Well, and I don't even care about the message so much. It's it's the action, and I know that's a cliche, you know, uh, actions, not words. But the words, are the oh fir- yeah, the words yeah. are the first step, and they're predictable because you know, like you talked about business and HR stuff. These these things are mostly written out, and you got to check off some of the buzzwords. But then you got to do it, and Ellen's got to take the extra step of maybe you know when there's some employee that's new or there's an intern that's working their ass off like throw that lady a Starbucks gift card or something Mm -hmm. and get back to what made this show what allowed this show to grow to what it was because I Mm -hmm. as you and I know as we've grown professionally you don't do now what you were doing to get where you are you just can't Mm -mm. there's not enough hours in the day you Mm -mm. you you have to pick the battles you've got to do the most important things and some people aren't going to get attention so ellen's going to have to realize that there's going to be a little time investment here and she's going to have to talk to people she wouldn't normally talk to just to know that they are important and that they they do mean something in the larger picture right and i think it's i think it's she i mean she has she's gotten pretty popular and she's been that way for a really long time so i don't know if she's forgetting what it was like to be somebody working for somebody else you know where it's like what would you appreciate how would you have what approach would you appreciate what you know what kind of attention what kind of acknowledgement would you appreciate from your leader and start to implement those things and listen to your staff and don't listen when there's a problem listen at all times yeah yeah it's a lot easier as, as you know and um, maybe I'm reshaping your words here, but you just hit me in the face with something. It's a lot easier to maintain a good staff and a good environment than to constantly fix problems. Right. You don't, you, you know, the people, if you have, and the, I've, I lead with this all the time and it's only because I have experienced it on the other side. And so every single time I learn, this is how I would like to be. This is what I would have done differently. But it's like, if you don't, especially if you're a job where, you're, you know, you're some sort of leader and your work is done by the people. If you don't have good quality staff, you have nothing. Yeah. If you have to pour into your employees, if you want any kind of quality product or quality, you know, message to be given or show or, or film, you know, look at what's happening with, um, the DC universe and, um, uh, Jason Momoa and what's the gentleman? Ray the- Fisher. Yes, Ray Fisher. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think that people are having a feeling a lot more power and speaking up against poor treatment and poor behavior. My, and you don't just get to be a shitty person treating people terribly. My friend Vinny. You don't know Vinny. Um, I don't know Vinny. We, we question some of the things going on with Ray Fisher. Oh, you do? Yeah, the specific, like, we'd like more details. And I know that Jason Momoa came out and supported him on yeah. social media. And... I wouldn't expect Ben Affleck to do that because Ben Affleck is on another level. Maybe he has a different kind of relationship with some of Gal these people. Gal Gadot would. Yes. There are other people there, and I, I haven't heard a whole lot more about that, and I'm kind of surprised. I, I don't know what all is going on the back end, and I don't even really know. I All I heard was it was a toxic environment, and when Jason Momoa came out and supported it, and he's, he, but he didn't just say... 
yes, I believe my friend. He said, yes, I witnessed this as well. Yes, there was a problem. And so I think that's where the difference is. A lot of it is like, yes, I support my friend. I support this. It's in his case, it was like, I also witnessed this. I also believe that there was a toxic environment, that there was problematic behavior and I'm supporting my friend and, and I'm also saying it as well. I think, you know, I think there's a difference in that. But yeah, I agree. And that there's really nothing else that's coming out about it. So I'll be curious how that goes forward. Yeah, I, I try to parse that that stuff because it seems like Ray Fisher talks every week. And I get it. I don't ever want to shout down a victim or anything. Mm-hmm. And Jason Momoa, for as talented as he is and, and, and as popular as, as he is, he's not on a level of, of Ben Affleck. Um, no. Not that Ben Affleck would stick his nose with like young actors or anything like that. He's got himself to worry about. And Gal Gadot might not want to say anything because um, she's on the cusp of being the greatest female actress in Hollywood for the next 20 years. She might mm-hmm. not want to say anything against anybody. And maybe somebody doesn't want to say, Jason, I got news for you. That's just how Joss acts. He's kind of a dick, and sometimes you just have to deal with it because you're in a big-ass fucking movie that's making you super fucking famous, and there are just some things you've got to deal with. Yeah, I agree, and I think that I, I, I'm on two sides of this fence and that I think that there is something to say about the momentum that's behind like Me Too and, what's ha- and, and how it's forcing people to do better, and I think that you can you can use that energy towards other ways to force people to do better as well, especially if you're, I don't even, a a director and you're treating everybody in a really terrible way because you want it to be very specific. And at the end of the day, it's the production and what you produce that's most important, not necessarily how you got to it. But, you know, at the same time, do you just like toss your hands up and like, you know what, it is what it is. This is just who this person is. And then that kind of behavior continues and continues and continues, potentially evolves, you know, and then we're 20 years from now. There's all these people coming out. I don't even know this person's name, the the director. Joss Whedon. Okay, yes. And 20 years from now, everybody's coming out about how terrible he was. And it was like, here's Ray Fisher who spoke up about it and nobody did anything, you know? I. This is. I always go back and it grimly to you know sexual assault with this. Mm-hmm. Only two people know, and only people there know, and people who God, we certainly know this. People could see the same two things and have yeah. different, different perspectives about them. Um, one comparison might be: I bet you it's not easy to work for Beyonce. I bet it ain't either. And listen, you're not speaking to a beehive kind of person. I mean, Beyonce is overrated. <laughs> so, but if you if you're on like Beyonce's production staff and you're like, I am done. I am done with this queen. Queen, she is not. She needs this and she needs that. And telling me to do this and I'm, Mariah Carey, and, and Ariana you know, Grande. Well, I, I'm using Beyonce as the example because in this case, like. That's just the work environment, and you've got to know somewhat of what you're getting into. And a, a certain amount should be tolerable. Tolerable. A certain mm-hmm. certain thing should absolutely not be tolerable. But I bet you it's not easy to work for someone like Beyonce. And you know what? If you were to go out and speak out against it, you will disappear. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So I, I mean, yeah, exactly. The, I'm trying to think of other examples of this where we learned that like there was a director who was really hard to work with, um, or someone that 
Oh gosh! Well, look at look at we can use Christopher Nolan and Tenet as an example. Uh-huh. He is he is the best filmmaker today. He uses uh, he doesn't use CGI. He uses real effects. He uses some kind of camera that I don't know anything about. And, mm-hmm. and he is he is very much an auteur. He cares about every iota and microcosm in his work. And he was not going to. He was not going to allow his movie to go video on demand for all the effort and sweat and creativity that he Mm -hmm. put into his picture for it to be on your 56-inch TV when he made it to be seen in theaters. Well, a lot of people thought he was jeopardizing lives by doing that. And a lot of reviewers were like, fuck him. I don't care how great he thinks he is. I am not going into a theater to review this movie for this guy. And this guy is arguably one of the three or five best filmmakers on the planet right now. Yeah. And again, yeah. and he he cost Sony, I guess, a lot of money because the thing has been a box office bomb because people wouldn't go to the theaters. There I are, didn't. And again, there you go. I mean, I, he yeah. got his way. He probably pouted and stomped around and threw a fit and was very difficult to work with. And unfortunately, that's just life. And you you were probably getting to know this. I have certainly learned this. Very talented, very gifted, very creative people can be very challenging to work for. And they yeah. re- they require proper management. And they re- require management and people around them who are willing to jerk on their chain when they've gone too far so that they don't turn into a TMZ story. I mean, that's universal as well. When I wor- I've, Obviously, I work in healthcare now and I worked in healthcare before and it, I worked at a hospital and I can't tell you some of the best doctors were some of the nastiest yeah. people. They were the nastiest. I mean, and I worked at a children's hospital. So they're pediatric doctors, best in the in the world, in the country, um, especially, you know, Cleveland Clinic and Cleveland hospitals. And they were some of the nastiest people to other adults, to children, kind, sweet, to parents, kind and sweet, to people they're working for or that are working for them. Just fucking alligators like just (laughs) will bite your head off and that's why you need people around them who can keep those people in check um where else did i oh okay uh we were we were talking uh about making a a better environment and i know sorry i'm a little scattered here i'm making sure that everything is running on the air right and traffic and stuff but we had talked about um how you can kind of affect change and you can change something from the inside we were getting Mm -hmm. around we were hinting around that right yeah we were with ellen Yes, 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 yes. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The Toledo police officers, uh, Toledo police force is hiring again. They got a grant, so they're able to hire some more officers. And I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I the, saw thirty-one, uh, thirty-one people, I think. I don't know what the what the the, the spe- specific numbers are and where they want to get it to be. And I know that the mayor said one of his goals was to make sure uh, the officers stay up to the to the quota. So I'm going to have some of them on to talk about being a Toledo police officer. Um, I think we're uh, Monday we're going to do that podcast. Oh, cool. I've had people on before. And the reason I paid attention to it when they did this billboard campaign a couple of summers ago is I'm like, it pays how much? You, you can start at like 48 grand and make like 60 grand as an officer. Yeah. Um, in the academy, you're at 48. In the acad- And in the academy, I know the chief pointed this out to me, and so did others. They pay you while you're there. They a lot do. Of, a lot of police academies don't do that. But while you're there in the academy, if you get accepted, you are getting paid. Mm-hmm. So it's good money. So I it wanted is. to bring this up from our perspective. It's obviously good money. You know what a police officer does. Um, and obviously, many of these protests and things that we've watched mm-hmm. over the last six months are are certainly justified and more of it needs to happen and I wish we didn't get we didn't get as quiet um, as it is like back in May but that was to be expected other things were going to take mm-hmm. our attention 
But another way that you can affect change is by being part of things. I mean, I just, that 100%. And I think that um, as, especially with what we've seen happen in the last, you know, five months, four or five months, it's more important than ever for people to get into that line of work because they care and they want to be involved in community policing. Not to say that the officers who have been on the force 10, 15, 20 years didn't also get in for that same reason. But I mean, they didn't get in at the time that, you know, our our country is looking at law enforcement now, you know, so I think that there's just it just makes it makes all the difference when you are still somebody who's walking into it, you know, you're walking into the fire almost and saying, I want to help put this out or I want to help change it or redirect the energy. It's just, I mean, it's extremely honorable because we do still need police officers. If you're a, uh, a black dude, a black girl in the Mm -hmm. hood Mm -hmm. and you're sick of seeing this shit every month, I'm certainly sick of seeing it. You are, we're sick of talking Mm -hmm. about it. You're sick of seeing this shit every month. Um, and, and maybe you've been uh, against protesting or you didn't want to do that because you thought that wasn't your thing. Here's your thing. You get, you you get paid a pretty good, you you just got to be in shape. You got to be of a certain age. You got to keep your weight or something and, Mm -hmm. uh, take some classes and you can be getting paid to be a part of the change. And, yeah, it, it's it's a culture, it's a society, and it's going to take a, a lot of time to change certain mindsets, but you can be a part of that, you can have influence. Yeah, exactly right. I mean, I say that, I, I talk about him often, but that's that's what Thomas, that's his goal, that's what he wants to do, and he's a little older, and that his life, he had other things going on in his early 20s that he had to manage, but, you know, it's always been a goal of his to be a, a Detroit police officer, specifically, because that's where he's from, and I'm like, I don't know anybody that says I want to make, you know, my goal is to be, make, to put my life at risk making, what do they make, like $35,000 a year, but nothing compared to Toledo, but um, that this is what I want to do. It, but it just speaks to somebody who has a true goal in helping people in their community and helping the community remain safe and, you know, changing, you know, how people view law enforcement, changing how law enforcement is 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 done um, with individuals in the community. It, it's just, it really does make all the difference. I was really happy to see that. And TPD does have a great academy. And I've had a little bit, I, I don't, obviously, indirect experience, but... I did work with a lot of people who went through the academy and I had interactions with them on a regular basis. And it's hard. I mean, their academy, they don't play, but it, they also pay you, you know, from the very beginning, you yep. know, and getting getting yourself through it. And they pay you a manageable salary, because if you think about it, when you're in your hell week and you're, you know, and you're going through the most physical things that you ever gone through and maybe you have a wife and kids. Like there's not a whole lot you can do when you get home. You need to rest and relax and you have that salary that's going to help, you know, your family or help your life. Um, Just to start at that is fantastic. Yeah, I wanted to get that out there. Um, And it's good that that they can hire some more officers um, with whatever grant that was. So we'll have have more of that to come. Um, This is the portion of today. Petey! I know. Just Petey just, just wanted us to know he was still here. I, I, I know he's there. Um, he's like, don't you forget it. <laughs> this is the portion of the podcast where if you don't want to hear some president bashing, you can leave. <laughs> leave. Get out. Um, right now. So I, I messaged you about it today, and I was surprised. I was troubled. I was a little saddened that Mitt Romney said he was going to uh, push through 
whoever the nominee might be. And we thought that he might actually be one of the people that, that holds this process up because we thought nope. he still had he still had some integrity as a decent politician, even though he is a Republican. And he has truly been a terrible critic, a, a scathing <clears throat> critic of the president. He has been practically on the other side of the aisle, destroying oh, yeah. the president at every opportunity he got. So I am stunned to see he's gonna he could be part of the cause to push this thing through before the election. I am not. I, I am not stunned at all. I have always considered Mitt Romney to be um, conservative to his core and and loyal to his beliefs, not loyal to the party. And I think that that is what's happening. If he were loyal, if he were, I feel like the politician move for him would have been not to support that because he's, you know, saying, well, this is how we responded, you know, with went in, I, I think, what was it, 2011, whatever time it was, this is how we responded then. So we need to honor, you know, what we said, and that's what we're going to do now. But he's a conservative to his core. And if this means this opportunity, if this means that they can get another conservative judge, that's going to um, kind of follow his beliefs or align with the principles that he wants to see our country, the direction for our country to go, then I think he's going to do that overall, no matter what, no matter what. And I think that's exactly what. And so the politician move for me would have been for him to be like, you know what, I'm not supporting that. We're not moving forward with this. The true conservative move for him is to support it. The decent human thing would be, we're going to wait. But uh, uh, so I was, I was, it, it ached my stomach today when mm-hmm. I saw that because that was a big headline after I searched around the internet uh, a bunch. And you know what? I, I asked you the question. You can answer it now if you want. Mm. If the tables were turned, if everything was the opposite, um, we 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 might want the same thing. We might want them to push through a liberal. Although I would hope that the, me at my core would go. You know what? The fair thing to do is is to hold off until after the election. I feel like I would also want what is fair, you know. But if I felt like um, my women's rights were at risk, you know, then maybe, maybe it would be a different story. Yeah. And I think that maybe that's that, that, that is how they're viewing it. I think that they're viewing it like, um, Democrats are going door, they're going to be going door to door, taking our guns. Perfect. There's going to be dead babies <laughs> in the street. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? There's going to be, people are going to have abortions left and handing them out like cheeseburgers. We have to change it. Our country is going to the hell in a hand basket. And I think that that is where they're at mentally. And so literally nothing fucking matters. Morals go out the window. I cannot thank you enough for that perfect segue. I know I've been (laughs) bumbling some of these segues, but you brought off the perfect one. So I, I felt so bad for all my, my, my uh, journalist friends who had to cover that shit show of lies and word vomit yesterday. Oh, I didn't even watch. Not even a clip. We're all, we're, we're all mostly numb to no mm-hmm. new taxes. Um, mm-hmm. You know, whatever else. All Every four years, you hear the, the usual platitudes that, that people will get elected. I'll get us out of wars or, you know, we'll bring the troops home. The normal things that you, every four, you hear every four years. Mm-hmm. This year, and a lot yesterday let me pull up some of these specific uh quotes Mm because i want to get them right give me (laughs) one second and michaela marshall who used to work at 13 abc is now on like an ohio network got a lot of these Mm. sorry okay um and and these are these are accurate quotes trump i'm the only thing standing between between you and chaos (laughs) 
what? It's like the uh, when he runs those Biden bashing commercials. And he's like, do you want this to be America? You fuckface, this is America. And it's under your presidency. Like, right. it's under your leadership. Yeah. Uh, you said door to door, like, basically whipping out women, wh- wh- like, bashing ab- abortions, all this stuff. Right. Um, it'd be like, a, like abortions, buy 10, get one free. Um, <laughs> exactly. So- <laughs> Jaden, Jaden is Jaden hates the president. I'm so glad he went from I'm going to cover the news to like he's really good about fact checking the president in real time. President uh-huh. Trump, if I weren't here, you wouldn't have your Second Amendment right now. He also claims that Joe Biden will nominate justices to take the words under God out of the Pledge of Allegiance, which is false. In fact, Biden is is a devout Catholic. Uh-huh. Um, I actually would like under God to be removed, but that's rather here nor there, and it'll, it'll never happen. Uh-huh. Um, where's one of these other fine quotes Jaden got? Okay, here we go. And and I get it. if if this were just like I'm not going to raise your taxes, or I'm going to I'm going to make sure more people get jobs, but like the basics that you hear every four years. But uh-huh. it's this hyperbolic nonsense. Again, uh-huh. more credit to Jaden. It uh, COVID nineteen. It affects virtually nobody. President says. And this is James' tweet. Apparently, 6.9 million people infected are not impacted, and the 200,000 dead were not affected as well as their family members. The president is still downplaying the pandemic and the mostly avoidable carnage. Uh, This is from Jaden from President Trump outside of Dayton earlier in the day. You see the rolling blackouts in California? You don't want those in Ohio. The reason there are blackouts is the wildfires, is the wildfires he failed to address which are the result of climate change, which he also failed to address. He throws out these wild, fear-mongering, tyrannical yeah. claims, mm-hmm. and like slightly less than half of America buys them, and it eats me up. They literally up. cheer. They cheer. It makes me nauseous. They will sit there and cheer. At They will clap their hands and scream at anything that he says, and it's because he is speaking to something that they believe at their core and that that is that is what they think is going to happen. That is how they view, you know, the 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 liberal party. I I hate using the term liberal party, but it sounds that, like it's the, pejorative. The Democratic Party or anybody that's not them. How that's a better term. Anybody that's not them. That you know that is how they believe that. And so he can literally say, and he has literally said, I I can shoot somebody in the street and I still won't lose my base. Yep. He has made them out to to appear like fools over and over and over and over. I mean, the poor man that passed away in Port Clinton from contracting coronavirus after saying he wasn't going to wear a mask and it wasn't real, like over and over and over. It makes me sick to my stomach. It's it makes me nauseous. It makes me worried. It's like I don't even know. I'm not even going to say I don't know how we got here. I know how we got here, but I, f- I still feel like I'm in the twilight zone. Like, I still feel like we're, we're living out a Saturday Night Live skit. I just cannot. And, and it's always worse. It's always salt on the wound when he comes to Toledo and you know that these are all people local, people I, around me. I don't, <laughs> I don't recall any of the... I, I, would, I was having a coffee with my therapist friend on... Saturday. Is it the Chris that I know? The one you introduced me to? Possibly. No, 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 another one. Okay. And I had asked him, I said, I saw a headline the other day and I don't want to be, I saw the headline guy, but I saw a headline and Mike Pence said that you're voting for your freedom. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, 
No, stop. Uh-huh, like, if uh-huh. you want to say more jobs, less taxes, I'll bring the troops home. Like, some of this hyperbolic bullshit. Like, yeah. this Michaela quote that she got, uh, that she tweeted last night about, I, I got to give this to people again here on the podcast. I'm the only thing standing between you and chaos. What? And you know what? These people believe it. There was one lady on the news last night who gave somebody a quote that said, I believe if Biden is president, we will lose our freedom. What freedom? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, there's, there's commercials that are, and I mean, he's strategically picking black people and women to say what they have to say. But I think what gets me, what makes me so frustrated. So if I'm not nauseous and sick to my stomach, I'm frustrated. Like, to the to the point like more frustrated than I want to be and I can't fucking help it like I'd like to say I have more control over what I allow to frustrate me I cannot control this when he is saying these things but he's the person that's saying don't believe the fake news media don't believe this don't believe that but you want us to believe you and you're literally lying to our faces you're lying to and so you know and I always I don't really engage with people where I'm trying to make these points to somebody who believes him because there's no I feel like there's no point. But it's like you are choosing to believe this person while telling me that I am a sheep for believing data and believing doctors and believing tenured, you know, journalists. And so you're telling me that I am a sheep for believing a fact, you know, what I have researched to be a fact but you are not a sheep for believing right. this criminal. Like, literally, I feel like this is criminal. I, I like to, <laughs> not that I get in these discussions, but I like to flip that and go, so you're not a sheep? Or, wait a second, you see, you seem offended right now. That seems like you, you could be a snowflake, and they get all upset. But it's 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 troubling to, to the core. And, look, politicians aren't great. Like, Mitt Romney ran for president and almost damn near won and he threw his integrity out the window with the Supreme Court thing. I just want to go mm-hmm. back to that because I don't have to worry about him saying this kind of incendiary thing all the time. Mm-hmm. It's it's just so troublesome. To his credit, he plays to his base like no entity in in history except for maybe like wrestling. But <laughs> so as a radio station, we have like a target listener. Like here mm-hmm. is the person that we want to appeal to. And all he does is throw bullseyes at his target listener or his target voter. And, and he knows them. And I credit him for that. He's not smart. In fact, I think he might be like, he might be losing his cognitive abilities. I, I up, agree. I think he is losing his abilities. Up playing and all this stuff. And he just turns up the volume to, to overcome some of that stuff. Um, but I have to give him credit for playing to his base because he is McDonald's serving hamburgers to the to the hungriest people around, and they are eating it up. So if but anybody I, needs any kind of like marketing or strategic advice, follow him. If you I, can give up your soul, I think yeah. I mean, and I agree. I think it's genius, but at the same time, it's incredibly insulting. And his base, it they're just they have these rose colored glasses on, and it's like they don't see it for what it is. I'm like, and I've that at least I have said to people once or twice. You do realize he thinks you're a complete idiot. And he'd never you let do. you he never let you in his hotels he can't afford. He would never let you near him. He wants to take your health insurance. How the hell are you gonna receive health care after that? Like you don't understand what is happening. Like you don't 
you're not getting it. And I think, and I, and some, and I think a lot of his base will choose to pull out the most polarizing parts of the democratic party and, and hold truth to that and say, this is who you are. You are only AOC. You guys are AOC and Rashida Tlaib and Ilhan Omar. And it's like, no, that is not true at all. You know, but but if that's what you need to tell yourself so that you can feel better about your poor choices here, or if you just are so, you know, if you're digging your heels in because it would be too embarrassing for you to say, okay, I was wrong. Okay, you're right. I need to reconsider. Then fine. (laughs) Like, fine. It was it was on full display last night. Did you see anything, any of the pictures from from last night? I saw pictures. Yeah. Okay. What would you say was the, the the. the demographic of the crowd. Obviously, they were all white people. But I'm talking about <laughs> white like, people. <laughs> but I'm talking about age. Fifties, fifty-year-old uh, women and men mostly. Right. I was pleased that people had on masks. There, there were younger people there, and yeah. But, but I saw what what you saw, and I know people who would want to be at something like that. Same. He, he's the good old-fashioned American. He tells it like it is. He takes me back to the to to the golden era of a, after the war in the sixties and seventies. Blah blah fucking blah. He mm-hmm. also said in the speech last night as he was trying to create some clumsy context with it vir- it virtually doesn't affect anybody he did concede that it's it's just mostly older people and he was like you know kids don't really get it and in that regard he's mostly right mm-hmm. who is in the crowd again older people yes and they're sitting there <laughs> cheering because they can't fucking yeah. do the math yeah i mean it's just it's worrisome because and i I am not one of those people that are going to say, oh, you have a difference of opinion. I respect you. No, not when it comes to this, not when it comes to racism, public health, like the just the the fate (laughs) of humanity within the United States. And I will just say within the United States, because the U.S. is not the entire world. And I know I admit that sometimes I'm guilty of thinking that, but it's just like, nope. No, I'm sorry. I can't. I can't do it. I can't, guys. Yeah, and the, I, I agree. I'm the same. I, I've said this for a, a long time, and I couldn't articulate it as good as the meme that says we can disagree and be friends about pineapple yeah. on pizza, but mm-hmm. not over racism. I, Thank I would you always for say, repeating that because that's what I was yeah, thinking. I, I, and again, that articulated it much what I felt for many years now. No, I, I'm, I don't have to respect your opinion. Not when it's that fucking opinion. It's not, you know. Michigan's number one and Michigan's going to be good one of these days. It's I don't like you because of the color of your skin or where you're from or how you talk or mm-hmm. whatever it might be or or anything. No, no, I don't respect your opinion because he just said you're virtually it virtually affects no one except all these older people with underlying causes and you're cheering him. You mm-hmm. are those causes in age. I don't respect I just, that. I just can't. It it. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I don't respect it at all. And it's like 200,000 people have died in a, in six months, you know, two, f- seven, you know, wherever we're at eight, 200,000 people. It's it's just like, how, how have we gotten so accustomed to the the rest of the chaos that has been happening in our country that that is not bringing people to their knees that that is not you know what I mean that when we were upset about the 2000 from 9-11 200,000 people 
This should be bringing you to your knees because it is and was preventable. We could have been at 80,000. We could have been at 40,000. But know. we are at we are at 200,000 and going and counting. <laughs> it's it says like, right there on the death certificate the COVID didn't get them. It was because they had the diabetes. Well, yeah, Jack, yes, <laughs> if they didn't get COVID, they wouldn't die, you they wouldn't. They would not have died. And it's it's that, the and you, you're, you said exactly what I always try to do when somebody's coming to me and it's like, well, how do you know that they, they actually died from COVID? How do you know that they don't? Like, where? that's what, you know what I mean? How do you know that they didn't? And, 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 you know, never mind the fact that doctors and professionals are giving you facts all day, every day about this. And I don't care if someone was 78 years old and eight months from death anyway because of these underlying causes. Mm-hmm. The COVID, as it's done with everything, has exacerbated things. And you know what? Maybe they had eight months with their family and they only wound up having six weeks because they got COVID. So, yeah. Um, Exactly I'm done. Right. I'm done. President bashing right now. I'm gonna go home and eat dinner. Yeah, fair and enough. I, me too. I have to uh, infuse my candy corn vodka. What? I have Are co- you having a party? No, but I have collected <laughs> all, you all the. Uh, you didn't invite me. <laughs> I have. Uh, I have collected everything I need to make this year's uh, candy corn martini. Oh Jesus! It's tragic. Set it on fire. No. Oh my God. This is why I'm not having a party because no, everybody mocks it. So put it in some cleaner and spray it. Like uh, use it as pine <laughs> salt. Yeah. <laughs> I can use it as hand. Is that is this hand sanitizer? It's a hand sure, sanitizer. Go ahead. Candy went, corn scented. All right. Um, we'll figure out tomorrow. I think Ashley's going to be on, and we'll go from there. So. Oh my gosh, are we done already? Yeah, yeah. It's six o'clock. <laughs> Whoops. There you go. All right. Goodbye to the dogs. Bye. Say bye, Petey. Nothing. Nothing. Ugh. Nothing. All right. Bye. Nothing. Bye.